This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. As we look up in the TV in the studio here, got Deshaun Watson talking to the media, and there's so many people behind him that are got a young lady back there like, yes, that's right. That's right. That must have been one of his lawyers. She is supporting him in a major way. Got his other lawyer by his side. I can't tell what he's saying. We do have the we have the captions on, but you really can't tell. But again, Deshaun Watson, if you're just now tuning in, will not face criminal charges. Uh, the grand jury in Texas returned nine no bills on the nine criminal complaints presented to it. So uh, now he's got the civil cases that he has to take care of. But there's a lot of fan bases across the National Football League that are trying to dial up the Houston Texans right now as we speak to inquire about his services. Got a text on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r from the Mailman Raider. That interview with Crosby is making me want to throw this mail in the street and chase my dreams and be an astronaut. From here on out, call me Astronaut Raider. I ain't mad at that. I ain't. <laughs> Tawan's clapping. Go chase them dreams, Astronaut hey, Raider. man, look. Look, man. It's go never on. too late. It, it ain't. It ain't too late, man. Go on and be an astronaut. It's all good. I don't know the first step on how you get to going and being an astronaut, but it's cool. I know it take a lot of math. I watched some of those movies though. What movie was that? Where uh, uh, Hidden Figures? You watched that one? Was that the one with uh, Taraj Minaj? Taraj P. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my girl, Taraj Minaj. That's yeah. that's one of my many many yeah, young they, ladies. They that was I out have. there doing some math, boy. Taraj Minaj is awesome. Taraj Minaj made me watch Empire. <laughs> shout terrible. out to Cookie. Oh, yo, that's a out. terrible movie uh, or a terrible series. Speaking of criminal charges, Juicy Smollett. Oh man. Forget that, dude. I can't. I, I, you know what's funny? No, you know what's funny about that? I didn't even know they were still talking to him. I thought that was like long gone. I thought that was an old story. You would think something like that would just get brushed under the rug. Now they... I just thought it was over. Like, I figured he already served his time or whatever. He just now got convicted on that. Like, that was like 40 pranks ago. You know what I mean? That's like that's like still reviewing something from like last season. Like, it's it's over. NFL comes back like two years later. We messed up on that call. <laughs> you know, they did. They really, the, the, the officials really did blow the whistle. Should have been play over. Oh, too soon? <laughs> that was too soon. All right. <laughs> 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Raider Mac. What's on your mind, Mac? What's up, man? Hey, you, doing, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, Appreciate you. Um, doing this every day. Hey, uh, man, that was a great interview with Max, man. I, hey, I, man, I love that kid, man. I've been a Raider fan. For all my all my life, man, almost forty some years, and uh, man, that one, hey, I like to see. We, I, you know, we like that kind of kid in the nation. You know, that's going to. I don't mind. I don't mind Trent Brown coming back. I, as long as we win, man, that's all I care about. <laughs> right. You know, we've been down for twenty years. For you know, for almost twenty years, we only went to the playoffs for two years. So I don't care about that. Just win, baby. That's what what Al used to say, it don't matter who's in the trenches. But I did want to ask you a question. You know, I see some people get mad when, when you when you say stuff against the Raiders. Hey, man, they got to stop taking it personal. It, it, like Vinny, he said yesterday, I mean, a couple of days ago, he was talking about Carr versus Russell. I'm like you. All day, every day, I'm going to take Russell over Carr. And people got mad at me 
and stuff. Oh, well, you you're a hater. You know, no, it's not that. It's just the truth. Right. And uh, I just want to say, man, you know, I'm glad you you keep it real. You're not a homer. I I, I just don't. I don't want to listen to guys as homers. Just just say the truth, man, and and, it, and let the let the thing lie, man. That kid is better than the Derek Carr right now. So we go from man. People get mad. I hear people hollering at me. I'm like, you know, I'm here. I'm I'm here in LA. Come out at me if you want to see me. <laughs> you right. know, but hey, man, you doing you guys are doing a great job, and uh, I think we should pick Rasul and Rasul Williams. Uh, it's a cornerback from Green Bay. Rasul Douglas, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's only 26 years old. So, I, what do you think about that? Then I'll let, I'll let you go on that, man. But y'all keep up the good work, man. Thank I'm you. proud of y'all, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Good call, dude. Appreciate it. And, you know, the funny thing about Rasul Douglas, funny thing about him, do you remember that name? Do you know why it's funny about him? That was a 6'7 stretch wing in the NBA. Russell? What? No. No, no. Was that no. Russell Butler? I don't know. Nah, man. Yo. Rasul Douglas was with the Raiders in 2021. He was in the offseason, but he was a part of the silver and black in 2021. And the Raiders released him, and he went to Green Bay. And, well, he had a hell of a season. Now, I don't know if he would have got on the field as, as, as much as he got on the field in Green Bay just because, well, he probably would have, actually, because, well, Trayvon Mullen went down, and then they had to bring in Brandon Face on. But, yeah, during the offseason, Rasul Douglas was a member of the silver and black. Then, he also went on to the Texans and the Cardinals, and, and and then they all moved on from him. And then Green Bay got him, and, well, he had a hell of a year. Came up with some big interceptions late, man. And it's, that's the funny thing. That's why it stuck in my head, because every time he came up with an interception, I saw Raider Nation on Twitter go, he was in camp with us! <laughs> he was in camp! Why did you keep him? You know, so that's that's the that's the reason why it always stood out to me every time Rasul Douglas made a play. But he did. He, he didn't even make the Texan squad. That's what I'm saying. He didn't make a lot of squads. So it's not like the Raiders were the only team that said, "Oh no, you know, uh, we're gonna move on." No, I mean he he didn't make the Texans. Didn't make the Cardinals. No, man. I mean just I mean just last offseason. That's what I'm saying. So he came in. He, yo, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they last offseason, three off different season, stops. Three different stops last season, offseason before he got to his actual stop. So yeah, I mean that that you know he might be. A guy that all of a sudden had a career resurgence. You never know. So, and as far as just like keeping it real, like that's what we try to do around here on the radio station. And I know sometimes people take it personal. It's never an attack against the, the fan base. It's just trying to be as level-headed and as honest as possible. And sometimes it's appreciated and sometimes it's not. And, and that's okay. You know, I mean, it is what it is. We're here to service everybody and, and be an outlet for everybody. And the one thing I can say, and I can say it proud, and, and the reason why I do this on the daily and the reason why this station exists when I was coming up, man, I tell a story all the time. There was no Raider Nation radio. There was no Raider podcast. There were nobody talking about the Raiders. I mean, I know JT back in the day was talking about the Raiders. He was like the only one in the Bay, at least, when I was when I was coming up. Hell, the Raiders were winning and nobody was talking about the Raiders. I was the only one talking about the Raiders, and I was in the barbershop. And I always told myself, and I, that's not realistic. I mean, I'm just saying, for the most part, it wasn't everywhere. Now you can go to Google and be like, Raiders, and all these podcasts will come up, which is great. Salute to everyone who does the Raiders podcast. Seriously. I don't care if I do one. I'm not in competition with anybody. I, 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 I appreciate all the, all the different content and outlet because everyone's got their own angle. Everyone has their own way of you know, providing the, the content. It's great. It is great to see the Raiders have so much love in their fan base that – Everyone's trying to go out of their way to to put out quality content because you can find something on the Patriots anywhere. You can find something on the 49ers anywhere, the Steelers anywhere, the Cowboys anywhere. It was hard to find stuff on the Raiders. 
So now we're here. And when I say we're here, Raider Nation, we are her. We up in her, all right? <laughs> we have arrived. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about we. We are going to do the damn thing. So, you know, some days people are going to be happy. Some days people are going to be angry. But we're going to keep bringing it and keep doing it and taking this thing to the next level as we should. 310 is the time. When we come back, we're going to hear from former Raider fullback Oren O'Neill. This was an interview that I did earlier this week. It was fantastic. And you'll hear it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Earlier in the show, we heard from a current. Mad Max Crosby got a four-year contract extension, had him on for a good period of time, probably about 20 good minutes. If you did not hear that interview, don't worry. DeMond's going to tweet that out in a matter of minutes. Now we're going to hear from a former. I had an opportunity to talk to former Raider fullback Oren O'Neill. He was drafted in the 2007 draft in the sixth round. Uh, didn't play a whole lot of games because of injury, but, man, a hell of a dude. Uh, obviously a, a, a really good dude on the field, but what he's got going on off the field currently is awesome. So uh, here you go. This is from earlier this week. Matter of fact, the combine had just really wrapped up. Alec Engel was still a member of the Silver and Black, so you'll hear us reference Alec. But here's that conversation I had earlier this week with Oren O'Neill. Joining me now on the phone lines, talk a little Ra- Raider football. Is former Raiders fullback Oren O'Neill. He was drafted in the sixth round back in 2007. And Oren, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you making some time for me. Wanted to pick your brain about the draft process. We just got wrapped up with the combine. Just saw everything that was going on with that. And of course, it's a stressful time of year. Uh, every everybody, every fan base wants to know who their team's going to draft. And obviously, all the draftees want to know where they're going. So, uh, like I said, you were drafted in the sixth round in 2007. What is the process like, you know, after your last collegiate game leading up to, well, draft day? Well, it's a little different for, uh, it's a little different for everybody, right? Because, uh, you know, after my last collegiate college game, uh, you know, I was coming from a, a smaller school and, uh, and now I was a fullback too. So, you know, a lot of fullbacks, even when I was playing, they didn't get drafted, right? So you're thinking like, okay, okay, what's the, you know, who's going to come see me? Uh, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, I didn't get an invite to the combine. So all my thing, all my showcase had to be done at my school. And was wondering like, well, I hope the scouts come out and see me, which they were, they was coming through. I had about like eight or nine scouts out to see me and they came out. They, you know, ask about, you know, your personality and all this stuff. They already do all that check before you get to see They really <laughs> just want to see, they really just want to see like, okay, especially when you come from a mid-major school, it's like, okay, I see him playing on film and stuff like that. But I really want to see his measurables in person. Uh, what does he look? How does he move? You know, and all those things. And it's basically you just got to put just pack, just put it like this. Everything in your football life really is balled up into like a, a one-day event, right? When you, do, when you don't get invited to the combine, you got one day to show off, one afternoon to show off your speed, your skill and everything. You show this like, hey, I'm, I'm the guy that you want on your team, right? And you had a, and you know, it's kind of nerve wracking the night before, but you know, you put in the work and you're ready to show off and it's pretty, you know, if you, if you show off well, it, it pays off. You know, it paid off for me. 
Right. Got to be drafted in the sixth round. <laughs> right. I so, mean, yeah. exactly. And like you mentioned, a lot of fullbacks don't get drafted. Even even today, a lot of fullbacks don't get drafted uh, just because of the nature of the beast of the position. And what do you think about that? What do you think? I mean, a, a lot of the uh, teams don't even use fullbacks. There's a handful of teams. The Raiders have a really good one in Alec Engel. But, I mean, a oh, handful yeah. of teams don't even use the fullback position. Does that ever kind of, I don't want to say bother you, but just you I, look at it like, what's going on with my position? Man, that bothers me tremendously. It was like, <laughs> Cause when I cause like when I came out when I got drafted what oh seven whoo that, that was a while ago I'm getting older but he was but uh but now only like half the league was using fullbacks right. right and then now as the game's evolving right you see more of a spread wide open to, you know wide wide open uh a more passing game with a lot of teams don't even carry a fullback at all but I remember when I got drafted though it was starting to trend that way but when the scouts would come through they would tell me they were like oh now you know. A lot of teams aren't carrying fullbacks. It's not because they don't want to. It's because when we go out to the scouting ranks, you know, we're not seeing the, we're not seeing the uh, we're not seeing the the prospects that we want to come into the league. Because at that time, the game was transitioning more of a spread offense. So right. uh, there wasn't a lot of it started in college. There wasn't a lot of teams using fullbacks. So you can't draft what's not there. And then you think about why somebody want to be fullback? We got to think about it. How many people want to go out there and be a uh, just bang your body up so everybody else can get the touchdowns, get the glory, right? <laughs> right. And then you go out there, you look at that, you Google what's the least paid position in the NFL. Guess what's going to pop up? Fullback, Full right? <laughs> <laughs> Fullbacks and punters, right? So I don't know. It was hard. They were saying it was hard to find the talent to come there, but it started trending that way. And now. It's even more that way, even more so now. But you know, I think like everything in the league comes in in waves. Maybe in a few years it'll 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 come back. Cause you think about it, if uh, the defense got to accommodate uh, the more spread style offense where everybody's got to be faster and quicker. So now you got lighter linebackers, you got more people with range and speed. So now you come out and start switch the power. Eventually, you just be, you know, running through everybody, right? But. I'm hoping it'll make a swing back because I love to see the fullbacks. In. I, you know, I, the fullbacks we got out there now, we got a good one now, right, with the Raiders. And you go, I really follow him. Yeah. And I'm really uh, impressed by why he can block, but then he can get out in a flat to catch a pass and hurdle and jump over people and things like that. You know, it was, uh, you know, it, it's moving that way. So I hope they come back. I hate to see, you know, people not using it, right? People don't recognize the skill and, and the things have to come in to be a fullback, right? Because you think about it. You got to be basically a, a mini offensive lineman, a right. tight end. You got to be a receiver. You <laughs> yeah. got to be a running back. You got to do a special teams guy. You got to be – so it calls for a lot, right? So right. I, I think it's a great position. We need to have more of them. No, it is. And, you know, really behind every great running back that you see in the Hall of Fame and, and all the guys that have the big yards and touchdowns, like you mentioned, they have a great fullback. I mean, they just yeah. had great fullbacks that they ran behind. And that's got to be really selfless, too. Just I mean, just knowing that you're going to put in a lot of work, you're going to be probably the most physical guy on the field, and you're not going to get much glory unless you do something wrong like miss a block. Then all of a sudden it'd be like, <laughs> you know what? That was on that fullback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you're right. You're right about that, man. But I tell you, uh, I don't know. Uh, you're right. It's got to be a selfish position. But I don't know. Like when I was playing, and you get one of those, give one of those good pancake block, but then you know it just opens the hole even wider, right? And then you hear like pow. You hear the, you know, you hear the block. You see him go down. But then next thing you know, you know you did a good block. Because next thing you know, the crowd, the crowd is going wild. The running back done sprung wide open and stuff like that. And then. uh you go. You might not see it uh, on the 
on the live TV uh, video feed, stuff like that. But the next day you're watching this film, you can't help but to see the way when you go in there, you move that linebacker out of the spot, you open the hole like two or three yards wider and things like that. You see a spring of glory. That that makes you feel good. You can't deny it, right? It's right. Just, it's on film. It looks good. Yeah, no, it really does. Again, we're talking right now with Oren O'Neill, former Raiders fullback, uh, drafted in the sixth round back in 2007. And Oren, I mean, your career cut short. You didn't get to play in as many games as you wanted to because of a uh, massive injury, but you battled back from that. But just knowing the handful of games that you were able to play in and everyone's not guaranteed the league, as you very well know, what was it like for you just to be in the locker room, be a member of the Silver and Black, put on that uniform and, and play in front of that loud crowd? Man, it, it was amazing, right? Cause especially come from come from Arkansas, right? Don't really have a uh, we don't have a football team. Everybody in Arkansas cheers for the Cowboys, but you know, I'm not a Cowboy fan, right? So <laughs> you get drafted by the Raiders. You, you, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm a, uh, a fan, like a like a true fan of football. Like studied the game and all this stuff. We used to watch, you know, every team's backstory, and then you hear about the Raiders, and then boom, that's your first initiation to uh, to football to the to the NFL right my first NFL game I ever experienced was my rookie year getting ready to play Detroit right it's my first time ever coming to an NFL game was wow. out there in the silver and black and stuff like that but you get out there the Arkansas, now you're in the bay because we was in Oakland yeah then, yeah you know <laughs> and you get all these you know and then you get out there and then uh you, you you go from playing with the guys on the video game or seeing these guys on TV, you know, a couple of Hall of Famers out there, you know, Sap Warren Sap was out there, he's a Hall of Fame yep. now, but you play against a couple of guys and now you're in the huddle with them. But then you get out there, you can really you, know, you can play with them, right? You know, and you uh you know, my rookie year started off pretty good. You know, lots of pats on the back because you got there. Like, cause, like I said, like a the, like a lot of people didn't carry fullbacks, but we ran. We switched to a running style offense, right? You know, Tiffin came in. You know, we we grabbed. I, I really loved. It. We we ran the ball well. We went from like I think I don't know something like. 25th we wasn't that high in the league in rushing the previous year when i got there now we like third and fourth yeah and then yeah. rushing and things like that and you know you was a big part of that you get pats on the back we go around the town like oh man yeah they did interviews you know the jumbo trauma for the games i'm like oh this is amazing this is it this is, this is awesome right i play fullback and i'm getting love like this and stuff like that and then uh then just like the the fans were just like totally different right you know the black hole, the way they dressed, the way they just went after the ball. They just, I don't know. It was a, it was amazing experience, right? And then uh, I don't, I, there's nothing I, man, I can't explain. It. I don't think, I don't think being with any other team would have had the same experience, right? Having that fan base that the, that the Raiders have and the mystique, and I don't know. I think we got the best uniforms and colors in the yes. league and stuff like yes. that. <laughs> I don't even play anymore, but my wife looks at my wardrobe like, "Hey, how you wear it? It's black, silver, and white. Can we get something else and stuff like that?" I don't know. It's just. <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know, it's just molded, it just did something to me, man. I, you know, I loved every minute of it, and I just, of course, you ran into some injury, then, you know, I didn't expect the way that it happened, the way it did, but, you know, the, my time out there was amazing, it was great. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it sounds like it, you know, and again, I agree with you 100%, the uniforms are the best in the business, the fan base is the best in the business, I, I remember many times sitting there in the Coliseum, and it wasn't the greatest stadium, you know, it wasn't Allegiant Stadium, but I'll tell you what, that place was rocking, the fans had it going, uh, they were lathered up, they got there early, and they stayed late, you know, and so, oh, yeah. <laughs> love love Raider Nation and what they do, and how they represent for their players, and you know, once a Raider, always a Raider, owner Mark Davis says that all the time, when you hear that, when you hear once a Raider, always a Raider, what does that mean? mean to you i mean it, it, it means a lot to me right because you know 
I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of the NFL. I'm a fan. I'm, I love being a Raider, right? Because it's uh, it, it's a special time in my life. Put some memory. I made some you know some great friends out there. You know, you know, uh, beside the business side part of it, like right. football, it turns to a business. You take the business side of it, that make you a little bit like uh, yeah. But I hear you. When you go straight to the <laughs> to like the Raiders side, like football, like oh yeah, it's all love, right? And they and they really mean it when they say once a Raider, always a Raider, right? Uh, when they, uh, you know, they stay in touch, they reach out to us, they, you know, they send us like this nice little brick to say, hey, you part of, when we build the stadium, now you're going to be forever part of the stadium. Whenever you're out in Vegas, reach out, we're going to do all these things. I just got back from the, I uh, took my family out there the first time to see anything, to see everything. Nice. Like, you know, they, they used to, they'd be in Oakland, but we went out there to Vegas, like for a Pro Bowl weekend and things oh, yeah. like that. Yep, yeah, the game was a nice tour of the stadium, show what's going on, and tell them, like, hey, will you guys get ready in town? Just give us a holler, come back, you know, we'll just stay in, t- we'll stay in touch. And, like, and I talked to other people around the league and stuff like that. You know, some teams take care of folks like that, but some guys I would talk like, oh, they didn't they didn't take care of us like that. But, yeah, they mean it when they say once a Raider, always a Raider. It's a, it's a pretty good feeling every yeah. time we get to get around that silver and black. I have no doubt about it. Every time I talk to a, a former Raider, they always say the same thing. The Raiders organization always takes care of us, and they do believe that when they say once a Raider, always a Raider. Uh, talking right now with Orrin O'Neill. So you got the stadium tour. Uh, what did you think of it? And, and have you, you haven't been to a game yet, uh, obviously, if, if you just now took the tour. So uh, when are you going to make your, your plans to come out to a game and see some live action? Well, I'm going to man, the plan is to be out there this year because they told me, like, the once the Raider, always the Raider thing is for real. They got, you know, they, they bring alumni guys out yep. there to watch the game, do sweet visits, talk mm-hmm. to people, just, just you know, show off, you know, show, you know, just to be a part of the action again and stuff like that. I'm planning to be uh, – I'm, I haven't got the date set, but I'm trying to get a game out there. We can get back out there where I can see an action because I saw it. I saw the Pro Bowl there. Like man, the yeah. stadium. Like every there's, there's not a bad seat in the house. Every view from like everything looked good, right? And then uh, I just can't wait to see it. You know when it's rocking when we cheering for like the silver and black out there, right? So I'm gonna be out there this season. Nice. The first chance I get. Nice. I'll tell you that last game of the season against the Chargers, obviously it's a division rival. It was for the playoffs. It went to overtime. I mean, it was just one of the crazy games. That place, I have never seen it rocking more than that. Of course, it's it's a new building, but it is I have never seen it rocking like that. That was the that was the experience right there. So uh, if, if Vegas could continue to, to have that kind of electricity, and uh, I, again, I don't think anything will ever be like the Coliseum, but that is going to be an electric place to be, so you definitely need to come out there or come out here and check it out. You did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> so as far as, you know, the injury that, that cut the career short, you know, I remember when it happened, Lane Kiffin came out and said, hey, it's career threatening. You battled back from that. What was going through your mind? I mean, you're a young man, just got to the league. You, you're seeing success. And then all of a sudden, boom, that happens. Wow. But I, I remember. I remember. I like real tears, like rolled up, like man, everything got, you know, jumped through the gear, cause right, cause, cause I had to, so I went to Arkansas State, that's where I'm from. I walked on, right, right. you know, I had to earn a scholarship before I got my scholarship. I didn't even have a place to stay, couldn't afford a place to stay. At times I was in two years trying to earn my scholarship, I was homeless at times, doing things to make it. All the hurdles I jumped through to get there, it's like yeah, then you get there, I'm finally here, You're like yeah, and then you get there, and you and you out there, you playing, you, oh, I mean, you're not just playing, but you out 
I remember there was some games <laughs> I was playing against some guys like these vet linebackers, these veteran linebackers are really, you know, you admire and stuff like that. And then we was playing that smash mouth football and they be, you know, tapping out in the first quarter. Like, hey, they be like, hey, young buck, I ain't going to bang like this the rest of the game. It was the middle <laughs> of the game where I was shocking stuff like this, stuff like that. But you go for like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, yeah. Because, you know, what I, mean? I got these guys doing, feeling like this, like, yeah, this is it. Like, every game was like, there's pancake blocks and stuff like that, special teams, stuff like that. And then, uh, man, just the love to get, like, oh, y'all interview with me. I'm usually just being just grinded, stuff like that. But y'all like this stuff? Okay, I see you. Right. And then yeah. that one play was against Arizona. And then, you know, that knee bent backwards, bent all the way back. Ah. So everything in that knee, right? They thought, like, well, this guy might not even walk again, right? right. Then you said that you said it yourself when Kiff got up there and said it might be careers. I remember watching it and it was like, no, why would you say that? Right. <laughs> why would you say that out loud in front of everybody? Because, you know, I was like, but, but battle it back. But, but that was a, that was like, that was a real, you know, that was a real tough time, right? Because, you know, you put so much into, making it to that level right and and then once you get there you have to sustain it is even harder than making it there right and then uh you know uh it just it it, it, it took you to like man, it's just I, i'm not gonna lie it took you to some dark places right you was up you'd be upset about some things but then the battle back from that and i came back from that i was starting i came back starting still doing well that's what that wasn't the thing that ended my career it turns out all that banging over years, you know, I messed my back up. I had a, I had a hole in my spine. They said my all the compacts, all them, uh, all those, uh, uh, all those uh, collisions and things like that. Man, it, it got so bad where I had to have spine fusion surgery. And that's what ended the career, and that's what really just uh, that was a really tough time, right? But uh, after I got done, uh, you know, I left and I was a steam turbine engineer for General Electric and. Uh, I really fell in love with, because uh, I got my degrees in engineering, yeah. and I'm really in love with all things STEM and STEAM, and my family, we started a nonprofit where we, uh, you know, engage, uh, you know, kids from uh, underserved communities, and, you know, just mentor them through STEAM and STEM technology. I want I want, every, I want everybody to learn how to code and be computer scientists. I taught myself how to be a computer scientist, but, wow. you know, finding that next thing after football where I use football to get their attention, but then I show you, hey, yeah, you can, you can also, you know, be real smart. You can be a geek and still play football too, right? You can do all those things, right? So, right. <laughs> so I found another thing to kind of uh, – feel the void of uh you know losing football because that's really it feel like it, it really like it's hard to describe to people who haven't uh just think about it man just imagine like when you young you say you like my goal in life is to be this right yeah, yeah. this is all i want to do right. and then you reach that you reach that goal when you're like 23 right <laughs> you actually do what you said that you was gonna do when you're 23 and then everything just gets snatched away out of your control and stuff like that. And then you're like, now what, right? right. So so now you find something that kind of, it's kind of like mourning a loss, like like a death. But then you find something to uh, fill that void and give you more purpose and you move on and, and you keep going. I ain't going to lie, man, it's still kind of still kind of tough to cut it on and not be able to get out there. But, you know, I watched, uh, when I watch people say, you still a fan of the game? No, nah, I'm a fan of the Raiders. I watch the Raiders and I read about the Raiders, right? Because I, you know, I watch football, but, you know, um, 
it's getting to a point now where it's, it's more enjoyable and I'm bouncing back and I, you know, and then I look at it now like, Hey, if I was, if I wouldn't have got hurt, I've been retired by now anyway. So it's time to, it's time to mentally move to that next stage. And like, you know, so. <laughs> right. But you know, I mean, and I'm glad you said that. I think it's really important. And I think we're starting to see that with a lot of the younger players that are coming into the league that have kind of an idea of, Hey, this ain't forever, you know, and, yeah. and there's gotta be something afterwards. How important is it in your opinion? Obviously you did it, but to be able to use football and 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 kind of have it be your launching point, but know that hey, I I might have to find something else at some point, and then really work that. Like you said, I mean that's incredible, just being able to kind of parlay that into what you did and, and and doing the nonprofit and everything. And I mean that's that's something that everyone doesn't always think about. Right, it's and it's super important, right? Because uh, you know, it's not just about like oh, I need to have a career after this so I can make money, right? After right. this and things like that, because you know you can find that, right? Mm-hmm. You can find it, but it's like, okay, how am I separating the game from the individual, right? You know, why, how can I tie my, I can't, I can't go into this tying myself to something. Like, I can't say that I'm a football player because you can't be a football, you can only be a football player for a certain amount of time. And if you say that's all you are, that's all that you're identity to, well, it's, there's no doubt, there's no way around it that it's going to end usually like nine times out of 10 before you want it to be right. Right. And if you're not mentally and psych- psychologically ready to be prepared for, you know, that separation, I don't care how much money you make out the league, you be like, it's still kind of whole. It's a hole, man. They just can't be filled. Right. So I tell a lot of kids like, Hey, you can still be good at this game. I mean, it's a tough thing to do. Right. It's a tough thing to do. Cause think about the percentage of people that make it to the NFL is less than 1% from right. high school. So the amount to, to be a part of that small percentage, it's got to be a, like a major part of your life. Like it has to be, or else you won't do which things you need to get there. So you got to find a way to like, okay, it's going to be a major part of my life, but it does. It's not what defines me. Right. And that's a hard balance to do. That's hard to go in and try to get these young men to teach you stuff like that. Like, Hey man, I know, Everything it takes to get there, but you got to go the extra effort, just like you would train to run these, to be a, to run the, you know, make these great jump cuts or malt or make these incredible catches, just or to get fast and stuff like that. Just like you would train physically like that, you have to find a way to train mentally, so you can be able to compete on the highest level. Not like like you have to be a world class athlete, but still be able to separate that from who you are and what defines you as an individual. Because when it's gone, man, if you're not prepared, like you will struggle mentally. Uh, after it's done, so that's a that's a tough balancing act, right? Because they're getting like what you know, it's it's tough to get there, and you got to put everything in it, but you got to find a way to to get that thing that defines you uh, beyond something that only lasts for a certain part of your life. Right, and, and some of it, you know, like obviously there's there's greater purposes. You know, I mean, there, you, you got to football. Uh, football was great. You played your games that you played. Everything was going good, but you had a bigger purpose. You had, you might not have known it. But you had a bigger purpose, you know. I mean, it just it feels like that there was there was more in in stock for you that you even didn't realize. But you were able to, you know, again not not feel sorry for yourself, uh, upset by what happened, but not feel sorry for yourself and make it work. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's huge. Well, I tell you, I tell you this though. Uh, you say not feel sorry, for I, but man, when it was over, I ain't gonna lie, man. I, it was it was a tough transition. Like it was a tough transition, really. Yeah. Right? You know, um, <clears throat> you think about. Um, all the things that football meant to me as a person, right? Uh, football, I don't know, it, 
I don't know how to explain, but it changed the trajectory of everything about my life. Right, I thought it gave me value. Like, like you know, growing up, I grew up in you know everywhere. Like, uh, I don't know, some things come up from my childhood where you don't seem value, but all of a sudden you get good at football. Right, then everybody look at you totally different. Like, oh yeah, and you look at that football as like it's your life saving, value giving, the you know, thing that you need all the time, stuff like that. And then it's gone, right? And then now you now I like those first few years after after the league, you know, I was in a real I was in a real dark space. Right, and right, um, that was right. the first time in my life I got introduced to like the mental health therapy. Mm. And when uh, we found out that, you know, a lot of the things that I think I was struggling with, it had nothing to do with football being gone. It had nothing to do with the fact I thought it was because I couldn't play football no more and stuff like that. But that was it. What I found out, you know, through mental health therapy is and when I found out through mental health therapy is that like um uh, you know, the thing the football did for me covered up all those things I should have been working on, right? It is all those things that was eating me up and and things that happened growing up and stuff like that. The football covered that up. Right. But when it's gone, I don't have that cover no more. Yeah. And now like all those things you didn't deal with, they was underneath building up and all the stuff like this. And now you're now you uh your little your, your crutch that's keeping you from dealing with is gone. Now you gotta do with all those things you ain't prepared, right? Right. Do it oh, on your own. <laughs> so, so I found, so, you know, I got, you know, I went and got the, the help I needed and stuff like that. And, and I, you know, and I realized, like, oh, it helped me, you know, transition, to make the real transition. So I would say to any athlete out there that's listening now, right, you know, you got to find a way to be great at football without letting it be your only defining purpose, right? Because when it's gone and you're not ready for it, it can't be a tough transition. Yeah, you know I, mean? I believe it. I with some some other guys who play, you know, a lot of guys play league, stuff like that. They run into the same thing, but once you find yourself, you can make it. Yeah, no no doubt. And, uh, again, we're talking right now with Oren O'Neill, former Raider fullback here on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and I'll tell you, man, I mean, you know, you start start talking, having a conversation, and, and you think that you're going to go one direction. But I'm telling you, your testimony is amazing. I mean, it really is. It's it's something that is so intriguing. And, and uh, you know, you get more, I feel like, at least I get more out of a conversation like this than even more about the X's and O's of the game because, you know, it's just perseverance. It's overcoming things. It's finding purpose. It's, it's a lot of different things, man, and it's important important for other people to hear that as well and know that, you know, hey, it could be them as well. So um, really, really great testimony. I, I do appreciate it, really. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to do this again sometime and uh, and uh, keep on doing what you're doing. What uh, what, what you got going on uh, right now these days? What's, what's going on? Well, right now, what's going on right now, like I said, a lot of it is um, – a lot of it is like working with working with the nonprofit, right? Because you know, I yeah. got this big, I got this big dream of mine, right? Because you know, I love tech, I love the tech space, you know. I want, you know, and I and I want to help diversify, right? I yeah. love, I say I love the hood because I, I come from these communities. Like I want to go back to the hood, right? I want to start this tech company that's employed by all the end of all these kids I'm engaging with from like we engage kids as young as kindergarten, right? Get them in, you know, first we get them right, feeling good about themselves, right? Mentally and, and, uh, socially, you know, just good in, inside as individuals, right? Then we give them these skills for the future and then we hope for their best, right? But I want them to be able to get these skills, feel all right with themselves and then come back. Don't leave the hood, come back here, stay here. Let's build something where now we can start rebuilding these communities from the inside and, you know, and then start doing great things, you know, one block at a time, right? So right. that's been my main focus now to get the 
get all these help these kids get things going and then look for ways to revitalize communities with the tech space because now what's happening in tech is just you know level the playing field for you know a lot of a lot of communities right if you can get this knowledge you can make these things it don't matter who's closing the door in your face or whatever if you can make it create you can sit there and create your own things and start rebuilding right bringing in real revenue real opportunities and changing the face the way your community looks so that's my big goal. The name of our nonprofit is Big Hope. That's the Big Hope, right? Yeah. We're going to start building these communities with tech one block at a time. Okay, okay. Well, the Big Hope, is there is there a website that we can we can pass along? Is there any information we can pass along to anybody else to kind of get this in their ear and information in front of them as well? Oh, yeah. The, the name of the website is www.thebighope.com. Dot org, and I was saying, especially you know, many like everybody in the tech space was looking to give back, right? Especially if you come from these communities like the ones we serving, these kids need to see a representation of themselves doing these things, right? If anybody wants to, you know, have fun, engage these kids, teaching these tech skills, talk great football, whatever stuff like that. Especially if you got anybody in tech in the tech industry from Raider Nation, reach out so we can go out and start helping me rebuild this community and make this talent that can create that can create real change now in the tech space, right? Right. Reach out, let me know what's up. That's awesome. That it really is. And, and look, Oren, we're gonna and I appreciate all the time. I mean, you've been super generous with your time. We're gonna do everything that we can. If it's okay with you, I'd like to check in with you every so often to see, you know, how we can update things and and keep things rolling. I'd like to really get this this ball rolling and, and help out our youth, man, help out the community as well. Man, you can reach out to me, man. I'm open, man. Especially like when everything, like I'm trying to get to know the fan base and base because you know everything's been open, right? I'm open, guy. Yeah, yeah. Raiders are Raiders, but man, I you know. You know, I got the time, man, to reach out anytime, whatever, right? We bring this the thing about tech. A lot of things we do is a combination of virtual and in-person engagement, right, to the kids. I kind of like kind of like an interactive session street we teach to these kids. I play my guitar for them. <laughs> I, make robot, I make robots for them. Nice. I show them how to code, all this stuff like that. But, you know, I would love to, like, you know, I'm really trying to, because I went out there to Vegas, like, man, this is dope. Everything said and stuff like this. I want to be more part of this stuff like this. So, man, reach out, man. We can, I really want to help grow this. I really want to get to know Vegas more. Uh, so, man, I'm open, man. Anytime you got my numbers. No, I will. I will for sure. Whenever you come out to make sure you hit me up. And, and we'd love to get you know get you on and link up and, and talk about it. And like I said, update this as well because I think it's a big deal. And I love to give back to the community. So, let's work together on this. All right, man, that's a bet. So there it was right there. That was my interview that I've been talking about and pumping up and promoting all week long. Didn't know when we were going to put it in there, but today was a perfect day. Had Max Crosby on in the first hour, Oren O'Neill right there in the second hour. And, uh, hey, I appreciate anyone who maybe heard that for the second time. I, I know I put that on the podcast today, but, again, with the the – the message that he has, particularly at the end, about the big hope, and I even tweeted out a, a little trailer video on it. Man, I just – I really can respect that. Guys that, you know, do their thing on the field but then also are working behind the scenes, doing stuff in the community as well. Uh, I think that that was a really big deal. So shout-out to Oren O'Neill for all that he's doing. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254, and check out the, the, the video that I just tweeted out that has to do with the big hope and just kind of letting you know what Oren O'Neill's got going on uh, for the community and for 
Falcons, as he mentioned there. But a really good dude. Really do appreciate uh, everyone who who gave that a listen because uh, I, I think that it was so impactful, not just being a Raider, being a player and all this other stuff, but just kind of life in general. A lot of life lessons were in that interview with Oren O'Neill. 344 is the time. We'll co- cl- come back, close up shop, pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, who's already set up at uh, the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. It's a Friday, so you know he's out and about around town. We'll check in with him as well. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. There's no big secret to winning football. It's just doing what these guys do every game. Just go out and give it your best. Bottom line, I took a team to a Super Bowl and we won. I even had some guys on that team that nobody wanted. But we were a team. And that's what you guys are. You're a football team. That's kind of like a family. Except you get to hit each other. But you have to stick together. Do that, you'll be fine. Thanks, Mr. Madden. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 348 is the time. Just got a few minutes left in today's show. Got a few minutes left in the week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton behind the wheels of steel. It's been going all day long. Was in the studio here for the morning tailgate as Clay Baker and Eddie Pascal were at Raiders HQ earlier this morning. Then here with me, and going to close things out with Vinny Bonsignor, who's live right now at the TI, Golden Circle Sportsbook. Definitely want to go on out there and check him out. I'm sure he'll be action-packed. I know he was intently listening to our interview with Max Crosby, so I'm sure he'll have plenty of things he'll say about that interview as well. Talk about all the goings-ons with the silver and black to close out the week. So looking forward to that. Did want to hit a couple text messages. Before we uh, we go into the weekend, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, just wanted to give big props to the Raiders front office for extending Mad Max for a nice payday. This is great news as we locked in our special player. I'm going to throw on my red polo shirt after this good news. Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, it is, it is a big deal, man, for multiple reasons, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Big deal to see a homegrown guy get the contract extension, a fourth-round pick, a guy that just worked his tail off, worked his tail off, and worked his tail off. And I'm sure Vinny will tell you when he comes up uh, at 4 o'clock, this is a guy that we all identified in training camp as he just looks different this year. I mean, he just did. You know, going into training camp, this is the first time I've ever been around the team during training camp as I just moved here. I, I I saw it myself like this dude just looks like he's different. It was also one of those things where in training camp leading up to the season, Yannick saying we were, we were the best duo yeah, yep. in the league. You remember that Von Miller like pass rushing camp? Yep. Even Von Miller was giving him the big ups and yep. people were just saying it. Oh, he's just saying that because he's in his city. No, this is an all time great that saying, yo, this guy's got right. something. This guy's going to be good. Right. And, he and I was, feel like people were sleeping on him a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, t- one of my first things that I noticed uh, in camp is he just looked like he was faster. Obviously, the sobriety had a lot to do with it. He wasn't carrying any alcohol weight, you know, and so that's just that's a real thing, you know. And so I, that's what I noticed immediately was just the speed and his leadership also. And I don't know how much, you know, and maybe we should have asked him, but we only had him on for 20 minutes. And so I thought maybe we should let him go. We could have probably asked him five no, or six no, no. more Actual, questions. like length. Closer to 15. Okay. I mean, you know, it was like a 20-minute segment because, you know, we were waiting for okay. him to get on. But, you know, bell to bell. It was only 15? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we could have asked a couple more. <laughs> I'm kidding. He gave us plenty of time. Uh, but, no, like, the the one thing that uh, that I noticed as well is that him and Unique were so close with each other during training camp that, you know, he'd have a rep, and then the first thing he'd do is be like, all right, let's go, Jan. Come on, Jan. You know, and then or else – 
Yannick would have a, 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 a rep, and he'd say, all right, let's go, Max. You know, and, and they would push each other. And we talked about it. We asked multiple coaches throughout the year, like, how do those guys push each other? And they did. But you could also see the leadership. Let's go, Clee. You know, let, let, let's go. I mean, everyone. It didn't matter if it was a rookie. It didn't matter who it was. You would hear Max Crosby in that rep. And I, I always found myself, when I was out there, I would find myself always near the defense. And so I always kind of saw the drills that he was doing. And it just looked like he was really... Really, I mean, he, he was in he was in for a big year, and he turned around and had a monster year. and And I'm I'm excited to see how he builds off what he did last year, how he gets back in the lab, continues to work, continue the grind, and take it to the next level. And I think that I think he has it in him. I really do. And one thing that I also want to point out, he mentioned it as well. Wants to thank every coach that he had, but during the season, everybody on that defensive line would give co- give Coach Marinelli their props, mm-hmm. give him his props about like, yo, he's got us doing drills. He's making sure that we're not gonna get tired when we out there on the field. Right. And it showed off with his motor. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Marinelli is a hell of a coach. Always has been a hell of a coach. Now, not a head coach, but he was a hell of a defensive just line this coach. This defensive line right here. Right. Right. No, he was good. He was good. When he was in Dallas, he was a hell of a defensive line coach. I mean, he's a guy that gets a lot of respect around the league. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how everything shakes out now with the new regime. But, uh, you know, he's talked to Patrick Graham multiple times, which is a great thing. And I know we never got to hear that, that, uh, that media session from earlier today. But I think what we got in today was pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll take that over over that. We could play Patrick Graham at any time. I really, I mean, I'm not trying to throw a challenge out for Vinny or something, but I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, no, I'm serious, but I'll be hard pressed. Get Patrick I, Graham live? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I'm not trying to brag on the show, but I, I find it hard pressed to find two hours that were better than what we just talk did. Talk your talk, you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let him know. You got Max Crosby in the first hour fresh off a of contract signing, and then you got former Raider Oren O'Neill. With what he had to share his testimony, I, like I said, and then we had great calls and great texts as well. I find it hard to, to say there was a better two hours, especially today. I didn't see no better two hours today, and that's I not disrespect to anybody else. I'm just saying. And then you were talking earlier, you were like, hey, no disrespect to anybody else who's out there putting out Raider content, but I'm going to just say it for you. They're not doing it like us. There you go. Damon's dropping bombs. Man, that's a long after. Yo, exactly. That's a long tail on Yo, that that's, bomb. That's Hiroshima right there. Hey, hey, too soon. <laughs> World War II, excuse me. <laughs> Got a text here from East Bay Raider Greg Q. We always hear is that teams figure out ways to keep, to get or keep players on the roster. Chargers just gave Mike Williams a big contract, took on Max Hefty contract, and so forth. Raiders need to make it happen. J.C. Jackson, Landon Collins, Hassan Reddick. That's his three players that he has on the wish list. And look. What I did hear about the Chargers, and who knows, we'll find out next week. And, boy, it's going to come around sooner rather than later. What I did hear is that they're going hot and heavy after J.C. Jackson. Can you imagine that defense? You got Mack coming off one edge. You got Bosa coming off another edge. And then, hey, the quarterback's got to get the ball out of his hands quick. Oh, hey, no worries. J.C. Jackson right there, Mr. INT. I mean, man, you got Derwin James on the back end. That's a hell of a hell of a defense. But the Raiders could have a hell of a defense just like that. You have J.C. Jackson. You got Max Crosby. You got Unique Ngakwe. You got Trayvon Merrick in the back end. I mean, look, they they line up. They match up. And I know some people don't want to hear it. Denzel Perryman. Devon Diablo. Nicholas Morrow going to be coming back. I think Devon Diablo has an opportunity to really be special. I really do. I think he could be a really good player. I I liked what I saw. Obviously, he made Corey Littleton expendable. You know, I mean, Corey Littleton. Doing something right. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, halfway through the season, Corey Littleton was, was not a starter anymore because of what Devon Diablo was able to do and able to pick things up. I think that that dude has an opportunity to really, really be a good player. I'm, I'm interested to see how he develops under Patrick Graham, under Antonio Pierce, under you know just, just to see how he gets better. One quick text, and then we'll uh, get up out of here, pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, who's 
patiently standing by at the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, as he does every Friday. Fargo Raiders said, hey, Q, not everyone in Arkansas is a Cowboy fan. They got hella Raider fans down there. The Hogs are the main team. Just win, baby. That's from Fargo Raider. Again, Fargo, thank you for sending those uh, those chocolate, those chocolate-covered chips to the radio station. I took those home, and I ain't going to lie to you. There's a big old bag of popcorn in here, kettle corn. I'm about to take that bag home, too. That's just how I roll. If it ain't free, it ain't me. Yeah, did I mean? <laughs> Go on. You got that baseline? Go ahead. Give me one time. Come on. Come on, Demond. One time. Hit me with a yada da mean. Oh, I thought I was going to. I thought I had to finish with a yada da mean. Yeah, yada da do. No, no, no. Just yada da mean. Yada da mean. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. Vinny Boston, yours up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. This is Radio Nation Radio, 920. Yada da.